Um, God just told me to do some things, and so I'm going to do it. Uh, we've been doing this series on faith. And I want to remind you of past scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, where it says, in the, the Spirit explicitly says, in the latter times, some will fall away from the faith. Fall away from the faith. And so we've been dealing with this thing about faith. In the last two weeks, we talked about, we've been dealing with our faith, and then we we're talking about the faith. Literally, the faith, not like it was handed down to us. Now, you think about it. We're talking about the faith, and some will fall away from the faith. Well, people don't just, most of the time, people just does not consciously say, oh, hark, I'll uh, fall away from the faith. I'll just stop believing. No, it's sort of like in Hebrews chapter 12, where it says, pay close attention to things you have heard, lest you drift away from it. So there's this place, there's a of falling away from the faith, this place that we're, um, what we were trying to explain last week is that uh, the content of our faith causes us to embrace things that are not in line with the faith that was handed down from Jesus to Peter to John's to us. Because Jesus is the author and the finisher of faith. And then Peter makes reference to that faith which has been handed down to us. Now, you remember we talked about, many times we think of faith as sort of the, the verbal, we talk about the verbal expressions of faith, like believe and trust. And we talked about that last week. And, and if you would, I know we do not have this. Can you, if you Does anybody have handouts? Did we get them out? Oh, dude, I didn't go, man. Anybody don't have a handout? Can you please hand, raise your hands? Can you help out, please? Because last week we, uh, you'll see as you'll get this, you'll notice that there's two sides of this. Because uh, I want, I really felt compelled for us to put on this uh, last week's word. And uh, can I can I put a commercial in here before I do this? The reason why I, I felt like God was just telling me just get a table, sit down, do it like. In fact, I'm going to do this. Cause, I've been building. A, I've been participating in building a house this week. Man, alive! I never knew how out of shape I was until I started lifting block and other kind of crazy things. And so, and I've been anyway. It's been fun. It's been fun. It's been a God thing. It's been a God thing. It's a cool thing to see your house come floating in out of the sky and put on a foundation. And uh, it literally did, but it was a crane that they brought. They dropped it in. And so, so anyway, our faith. And last week we talked about our faith in relationship to this Second Peter passage where it talks about three facets in relationship to our faith. One is God's, God's provisions to us. And then we're talking about the ability to respond to God's provisions to us in relationship to the knowledge of God and of God's promises. We're talking about this, this qualities of a real faith that is able to embrace that. And then we introduce something that these seven qualities that would, would accompany our faith, these seven qualities which is listed in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, where it mentions, uh, mentions diligently applying in your faith these seven qualities. One, excellence. And it goes on, self-control. Um, uh, oh, man, I'm sorry. Self-control, uh, perseverance. And then perseverance, godliness, and then your um, godliness, brotherly love, and then love. And I think I skipped one. But anyway, these seven qualities, 
it goes on to say that if these are ours and are increasing, in other words, we have taken these qualities and applied them into our faith, that it says that they will render us not unfruitful nor useless in the knowledge of God. It'll go, it goes on to say that we will never stumble and our entrance into the kingdom of God will be abundantly supplied to us. And it also says in there that we will not forget our form of purification of sin. But I really like two, the two middle ones there. Never stumble and guess what? Our entrance into the kingdom of God will be abundantly supplied to us. Because, y'all, there is a reality is that we can enter, the, enter heaven and suffer loss, like in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, where it talks about, you know, the found, no man can lay a foundation which is other than Christ Jesus. And it goes on and says, be careful how you build on that foundation. And it goes on to say, that tells us about how each man's work will be revealed by fire. And then it goes on and talks about it. If that man's work is burned up, he shall suffer loss yet he will be saved, yet as though through the fire. So our heart is, is that which we believe, one will result in salvation for ourselves, clearly, but also that we would not suffer loss. And the key thing is in that, that these qualities of our faith. And the illustration that I want to use to sort of summarize what we were talking about last week, God has given us a faith. Everyone's been given a measure of faith. We established that last week. Muslims have faith. Hindus have faith. The question is, what do they put in their faith? What do they attach their faith to? So the question is, what, what's in their faith will determine what they attach to their faith. Okay? And the, and the thing, picture it this. Okay, faith's a gift from God. Everyone's been given it. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Imagine this. So I come along, and I come along, and I find something. Yeah, here it is. So I come, and I say to Ryan. So I take a pick out Ryan here. Okay? Ryan is precious to us here at DP. So, and, uh, but anyway, so I come to Ryan and I say, Yo, Ryan, okay, bro, I'm going to give you a car. I got a, I got a car. This is not new. It's 2011 Avalon. Good. Receive it? Yeah, he'll receive it. So I give you this car. It's a gift. Okay? Like our faith. I give him this car. But then I tell you what, Ryan, what I'll do is is that even just to express my love for you, I will give you my credit card. Because remember now, every car we know without a shout out, last week, like that's one of the things I was describing, a car, to write, to, for a car to function effectively, needs gasoline. It will not go very far without gas, will you, Ryan? A car, every car has to have oil to go. Because, I mean, you can do it a little while, you know, one of the interns, you know, you know, they told her to put, listen, you need to put some oil in your car. So that she goes and she puts a cord in there and she, and so they just checked behind it and behind her after she put a cord in and it still was not registering on the stick. And so, I mean, it's the grace of God that, that and the mercy of God that car did not blow up. <laughs> but anyway, so it goes on, the car requires oil and the car requires uh, you know, transmission fluid, brake fluid, and water in a radiator. Every one of those things are, are very, very important to, for the functioning of this gift to Ryan. So I say to Ryan, I give you this credit card. This credit card is explicitly designated for the rest of your life to supply you with gas, oil, brake fluid, transmission fluid, and water. Don't, well, sometimes it used to not cost. But 
So here it is, Ryan. There it is. Now, I'm giving you the car. Just make sure that you put these things into the car. Keep it full of gas. Keep the oil full. Keep it full and changed and every bit of it. And, you know, that's exactly what God has done in our faith. He's given us faith and He says, take these qualities and put them in it. And if your faith has the, has the oil of, of godliness and excellence and self-control and, and uh, perseverance and love and brotherly love, you will never stumble. Your car will never break down. That's a deal. Wouldn't you take that deal? Well, God has done that with us. Because, the day, because what we're going to do, and what's so important, this thing, is that, uh, that we believe that we're supposed to teach on this, interacting with some things out. We're supposed to teach on these seven things, and different elders and leaders are going to be speaking on these seven characteristics. And we may blend them and whatever, we may blend some other things into it. It's so crucial. And so, now, this morning I need to ask you a favor. This is a commercial. This cannot be a sermon. Uh, this has got to be one of those times that where we just interact on this. Okay? We've got to interact on this. You know, there's times you preach things and they tell flowery stories so that it communicates an emotion and it, the truth gets down in you. But y'all, this is not one of those things that you can do with. You've got to understand this. Just like the, the intern... She needed to know what oil was, right? She needed to know how to check the oil. And she also needed to know where to put the oil. We had an intern this week. I was teaching on this. And she goes, I don't know any of that stuff. And so right after class, we had the guys take her over and says, okay, this is where you check the oil. This is where you put the oil. And she goes, well, I'm going to go get my brother. How come you didn't tell me this before? <laughs> He was always doing it for me. Well, y'all, we ain't going to do this for you. It's your faith. As each of you, you know, have a faith. So I'm just really asking you, please, just interact on this. A couple of things you need to listen to. Because when you hear something, a truth from God, you've got to pay attention to what you feel. You know, a couple of things may happen in you. Because a truth that's communicated from God will impart life. You'll feel love, joy, peace. Unless it hits a stronghold. If you feel like anger and bitterness welling up in you, then it's not cool. But if you feel this heaviness, then we're getting to a place, because all of a sudden it's very easy to talk about qualities like, you know, excellence. Or how about self-control? And you go, okay, yeah, I've got to do that. I've got to do it. Or diligence. And you got, well, I've got to do this. And you may do it for about a week. And then you burn out. We're not after that. We're not out to hype something up. All we need understanding where to put the oil. Okay? So we need to talk it out. So I'll communicate something to you that don't sound right. You know, ask it. Because I want to tell you what. I feel like this. We're taking the ocean of God's greatness and trying to bring it through a funnel into our life. That's what I feel like. Because God is so great and so awesome. So anyway, so if you would, open your Bibles to 2 Peter chapter 1. 
verse 5. And let's, let's, just, let's just get in this and just see what happens. I don't know where we're going to get. I don't know how far we're going to get. But I ask that we get somewhere. That's what I've asked of the Lord. So anyway, let me pray. Father, I just ask for revelation, revelation that can change our lives. Lord, not only revelation change our lives, but revelation that can sustain our lives. Lord, we claim the promise that you tell us. If these qualities are yours and are increasing, you will never stumble. But Lord, what an awesome testimony it could be for our lives, for this church, for our ministries. Lord, that the men and women in it, Lord, can embrace things, that their entrance into the kingdom of God will be abundantly supplied. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at this passage in, in one, one four. Well, I'll start at one two. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. I told, shared with you before, one time I was in a in a fix in my life, and God said to me, you know, God, where are you at? What are you going to do about this? And God said, I've already given you everything that I can give you or need to give you to give victory in this area. And, I'm, and he quotes this passage to me, and I go, where's it at, God? And you know, it says, and it's through the true knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. And we talked about that last week. It's not talking about, a, it's not talking about head knowledge. It's talking about knowing him. It's him. And it goes on to say, who called us, literally in the Greek, to his own glory and excellence. For by these he's granted us his precious and magnificent promises in order that by them you might participate or partake of the divine nature. Wow. Partake, participate, share in the what? Divine nature? Divine God-like? Nature, I've got two dogs, Gracie and Eli. They have the nature of a dog. And it's a really cool nature. I mean, they love me. They do. I mean, I can't go anywhere. can't put my shoes on with them without getting in my face. Now, most of the time, their revelation of me is that I am created to pet them. And that is their thing. And feed them. But when I pull up in the driveway, you know, pull up the road to my house, there they are waiting at the curve before my house, waiting for me with their tails wagging, jumping up and down and, and following me there. That's their nature, the nature of a dog. God's given us the opportunity to participate like Him. Wow. I hear people sometimes talking about it, says, you know, like He says, Oh, you know, make a, they make a mistake or sin. He says, oh, after all, aren't we only human? Well, you know what 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says? Paul rebukes the Corinthians and said, uh, are you, you know, jealousy and strife are among you. Are you not acting like mere men? God has not called us to be human. God has called us to participate in the very nature like God. Now, what did I, you know, well, anyway, I'll stop. I can stop it. I'll be honest, I was telling them this morning. I could spend a year on this one, three, past, three verses of the past scripture. I know God just so much in it. 
But watch this. So, verse 4. Particular to something. In his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. And there's a point of repentance here I have to do here in a second. But watch this. Now, for this very reason also. What reason? For this reason. What reason? Here's the thing that hit me. Okay, so it's done. For this reason, put these things in your life. What reason? Uh, what? Uh, you know, we told the girls, that girl, uh, for this reason you put oil in your car. So that your car will run. Ryan would put gas in his car so the car would run. He would put oil in it so it wouldn't break down. Right? What's the reason? That is the foundational reason. The reason we put these things in our lives, the foundational reason, it's not the, 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 the reason. And that's what blew me out of the water when I saw this thing in the Greek. Now, Brenda's exactly right. The foundational reason is to participate in divine nature. So I'm going to draw a timeline here. This is a line of our life, okay? Okay, use black. Okay? I hope you can see this. Okay, this is the timeline of our life. Okay? Let's draw a line. And we'll call this line what just Brenda made reference to. God's heart is for us to participate in the divine nature of God. Now, y'all, we, we can find out what the reasons are that we may end up with this. Uh, you saw the results in this passage of Scripture. That's why three times in just four verses, five, six verses, Peter says, every time I'm with you, I'll remind you of these things. If I depart, I will expect you can call these things to mind. That's how important they were to the apostle Peter. And so, anyway... So, it just as was said, the foundational reason is to partake in the nature of God. Now, notice this, y'all. I want you all to watch this. See in verse 3. Seeing that His divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and not God. Divine. Same Greek word. Divine power gives what? According to this verse. Huh? Think pertaining to what? Life and godliness. Well, you've got to have something to give it, right? So, divine, the divine, let's just put it, the divine gives power that does what? Creates life, gives life and godliness. Well, guess what? That you and I can be- become partakers of this same nature that... that has power that gives life and that it creates godliness. Y'all, don't even think just for yourself that this nature, this divine nature that God is wanting to impart into us will not give us life. And you know, like as we'll see 
here in your notes here. Life, think of a quantity of life. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have what? Everlasting life. And like you've heard, probably heard me say before, there's quantity of life. Yeah. Believe in God that you live forever. But I'll be honest with you all, if you're dying of cancer, you don't want to be living forever. If you're suffering, you don't want to live forever. I can't tell you how many people, believers, precious believers, I've sat by if they're with cancer or Alzheimer's disease or, or neurological diseases, like with my mom. And she's just saying, you know, I want to go home. She ain't want to live quantity of life in this age. She, there also, when you think life, you've got to think quality of life. Like it says in 1 John 2.15, you know, if you have hate within you, it says the one who hates does, is a murderer and eternal life is not abiding in him. In other words, there's not a quality of life. And it's really interesting to look at that word. So what God's heart is to impart this, when we're talking about this divine nature, it's, it's a nature of life, both living for eternity, but having a quality of life, freedom, free, freedom, freedom from hindrances, freedom to choose. That's life. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Godliness. And I don't want to spend much time on it because we've got to get on that a little later. But literally, you can see the notes there. A life of the character and nature of God. That is part of this divine nature. God has given us everything pertaining to this. Notice, in, notice the thing here. We are called to His... Notice this in verse 4, I mean 3. Through the true knowledge of Him who called us... The American Standard says by... But if you'll probably see in your notes, there are many of the things say possibly to... I believe it's to His glory and His excellence. How, how do I know this? Y'all know this. Uh, what's, what is sin? Miss the mark. Mark. What's the mark? Sin is an archery term. The Greek word for sin is an archery term, meaning to miss the mark. What's the bullseye? What's the bullseye, according to Romans 3.23? What is it? The what? Glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. God has called us to His glory. Uh, I mean, look at, look at some of these other pastor scriptures. Look at this in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter Chapter 2, verse 12. Notice what it says in 2.12. It says, It says, So that you may walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you to or into His own kingdom and glory. God's saying, come on! All that who and what does glory mean? Thoughts, opinions, and what? That's calling. Remember, we can participate in His what? Divine nature. God's calling us to His glory and His excellence. You see, see how big that excellence is? Look at this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, where it talks about... Uh, I'll start at 7. To this precious value then is for you who believe, for those who disbelieve, for the stone which the builders rejected, this became the very cornerstone. 
a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, for they stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this, and to this they were appointed to be appointed. Watch this in verse nine. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you might proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you out of darkness. That we might proclaim the excellence. Same Greek word. God's called us to the very thing that we proclaim about Him. I mean, that's what I was saying to you earlier. The greatness of our God. I, I, you know, I wish I could spend a lot of time just talking about His awesomeness. He's given us, granted us, His divine power has granted us everything in life, godliness. He's saying, come on, come on. I called you to my glory and excellence. One night, you know, one day, Paula and I get a phone call from, from the Burbies. Come, we're having chicken enchiladas. Or one time it was salmon. One time it was bratwurst. Yeah. I just know this, if you get a phone call from the Burbies, come and eat. It's good. It's good. Ain't that right? I always pick on you. That's good, though. But anyway, so so anyway, God's calling us to His glory, His excellence. That's that's participating in this divine nature. I mean, that's what He's calling for us. He's granted it. Now, I want you to pick this up. I want you to, the important thing. I want y'all to notice that note where it says they're important. It's important. Everything for it has been granted to us. Granted. Same Greek word in verse 3 and verse 4. His divine power has granted us everything pertaining to life and godliness. He's granted to us His precious and magnificent promises. Here they are. Here they are, Ryan. Wish I could do it. I really do wish I could. Why do you so you can get your car back? I mean, yeah, that word granted just literally means a gift. It's a gift. He's given it to us. And you know, it would be kind of a bummer, though, for me to give Ryan this car. And, and when I go over and visit Tom and Ingrid, and I see in the back of the driveway my what? Car. And maybe I see it, it's up on blocks. <laughs> well, you know, I, this, this life, this godliness he's given us, this glory, this excellency. How many times in our life are they up on blocks? Because God's given it to us. God's given it to us. So how do we release it into our lives? Now, it'd be easy to take, we know it's got something to do with these seven qualities. In fact, I'm going to write these seven qualities up on this board. 
uh, someplace. Okay. What are they? Uh, these qualities in verse 5 following. Applying in all diligence. In other words, you've got to be diligent to apply these things. Okay? Applying diligent. In, applying in all. Let's see. Diligently, you can say it like this way. Diligently applying in your faith. Supply. It's kind of worded Greek because it puts two verbs back to back. Boom, boom. And uh, so it lists off these seven qualities. It says uh, uh, excellence. It says moral excellence, but the Greek word is arte. And, and uh, I'm just going to use the word excellence. One. Then the other one is, is, is self-control. Is it self No, that's, no, that's right. I just forgot that one. Knowledge. Self-control. And if you get started here, you can probably start getting depressed. Perseverance. Pay attention to what you feel. And in your perseverance, you put um, uh, godliness. It's not what you think. Six is brotherly love. And then the other is love. So in other words, it's taking, telling us to take every bit of this and put it in your faith. But it's each one of us sequential too. Now, y'all, we're talking about this divine nature. Okay, I want the divine nature of God. Do you want the divine nature of God? You'll answer. Do you want the very divine nature of God? In this verse, it tells us where it comes from. It comes from what? In verse 4, for by these, what? His glory and excellence. He's granted us his precious and magnificent promises. That by them, what? The promises. You and I may participate in this. May participate, partake in the divine nature. Well, interesting thing about that Greek word for participate or partake. It's, that's my grammar, Greek grammar here. It, it sounds like a verb, partake. It sounds like a verb, but it's not. It's an adjective in the Greek. In other words, the description of us is we're participators of the divine nature. It's describing us. That's the crazy thing about it. The verb there is this in the American Standard. Become. That's the verb. I'm sorry about being technical, but I want you to understand. Okay? This is what it's going to get cool. That is the verb. Become. That you're the characteristic of you is when somebody sees you, you look like God. You sound like God. You talk like God. You feel like God because there's power coming out of you. That's what that's describing. 
It comes from the first thing, from these what? Promises. Is that what the verse says? Huh? Now, I gave Ryan a gift for the car. Now, I can try to say this again another way. Let's do it with it. The car is the faith. Keys do what? Start the car. That releases the car. The promises are the keys. Promises are the keys. Now, I made a condition on Ryan giving him the car. What did I give him the condition? Yeah, yeah. Now, now here's the interesting thing. Let's pretend this. Pretend this. Ryan's somebody who's been frugal. So what he's done is he saved every bit of gasoline that he's ever accumulated or ran across out in the shed. Oil. Now, you know this. I hope maybe you don't know this. I've discovered this the hard way. But you put gasoline in the in the shed over the winter and try to use it in the spring. It's not cool. Carburetors don't like it. So in other words, what happens is, let's pretend this, that Ryan's got all this old gas, old oil, old transmission fluid, old brake fluid, and old water. <laughs> it not make any difference. It's got algae in it, whatever, you know. I'm giving this new car, but what he wants to do is he wants to put all his old stuff in my new car. I want you to notice something in this passage of Scripture in verse 4. It says, He's granted us precious and magnificent promises in order that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature. Now, I've taught something in the past here that's incorrect when I found this. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Okay, this is what we want. What I have taught in the past, if we participate in the divine nature, the results are you'll escape the corruption that's in the world by lust. My life's going this way. In other words, this, escaping the corruption that's in the world by lust, is here, and if I participate in the divine nature, I'll escape it. That's not what the verse says. It's a, It's a... If you'll notice your notes, it's an aorist participle. I'm not trying to impress you, okay? Because you can hear my grammar and stuff like that coming out. I'd know more Greek grammar than I'd do English grammar. But interesting thing about an aorist participle, it will tell you the time of the action in relationship to the leading verb. Here's the leading verb. The time of the action is that this... You have to escape the corruption that is in the world by lust to participate in the divine nature. Now, but wait a minute now. Let me ask you a question. What is it? What is going to? What is it that is going to enable me to experience the, the divine nature? Make sure we get this right. What is it? The what? Okay, say this with me, please. It is God's promises. Say it again, please, everybody. It is God's promises that enable me to partake in 
the divine nature of God. That's it. It's not me escaping that enables me, but it does occur prior to me participating in the divine nature. The problem is, is this. That's, pretend that wall is my, my old nature. This wall is my new nature. The nature of God. And it seems that far apart. Even further apart. I know that for Paula. She knows that the nature of Sizemore flesh is way, way out there. And the nature of God is over here. And she's going, Rick, you need to turn loose the Sizemore flesh. Because I can't hold on to that wall and this wall at the same time. So for me to participate in that, I've got to do what? Turn loose of that. Hear this. Applying. What do you do with a promise? What do you have to do with a promise? How do you empower a promise? Receive it by what? Faith. It's faith that empowers a promise. But remember this, what I said last week. The content of your faith determines what you believe. Now, we're good at playing religious games with our head. Let me tell you something. God deals with the heart. You say you believe. Oh, you do well. Demons believe and shudder. I say Jesus is my Lord. Oh, is He? Well, let's put an environment in your life and let's determine what who really is the Lord of your life. Right? So for me to embrace the fullness of the promise of God, I have to turn loose of the corruption that is in the world because of what? Flesh. That's the world. That's the new nature. You can't hold to the nature of the world and the divine nature at the same time. You can't have both. Now, your world, it can be different things in this room. Everybody, the world, Satan is the ruler of it. In this world, you will have tribulation. Now, just count on it. That's what the Word says in John sixteen thirty three. But Tom Burby's world is different than mine. Brian's world is different than mine. The world order in relationship to him. Well, Burby's got to make a choice. Is he going to choose the acceptance of the world in relationship to the, um, the geology department? Is he going to? My world is different. I may deal in business and certain people. Am I going to operate like the world system? I've got a choice. That's one thing I found in business. You can be successful. You can be rich two ways. Principles of the world, you can use the principles of the world. Lie, cheat, step on people, get it, and you can be successful. But you know, the, and you can take the principles of God and be successful. Because like it says in Isaiah 43, I am the Lord your God who teaches you how to profit. I mean, God blessed Paul in crazy ways, in ways that we're just, we go, why God? I've seen it in past in business. My dad, who didn't, you know, barely have a high school education, was successful in business because he took some principles of God and applied them in, in business in his life. Didn't compromise. There were certain ways and things that, that the world said, oh, you want to make money, this is do it. You can do it this way. 
He goes, no, we're going to do it right. And he did. We did. Taught me some very important things. But you know the difference between the success? One will cost you your soul. One, you gain your soul. One, you get everything. One is short-term. One is long-term. One will feel good at the beginning. The other, with feelings, will follow later. <coughs> it's kind of interesting how it works. So for me to embrace the promise of God, and it's like God's calling a promise out, and He's saying, okay, it's like... Stand up, Mitch Boo. Like Mitch is holding on. This is some, the world. Relationships, moments. And I hear the promise, and I say, okay, Mitch, take it. Now, you know, we would try to do this with God. You try to do this, you know. <laughs> but really, this, imagine this promise is more like this. You know, oh, it's a whole lot bigger. No, 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 no. It'd be hard for Mitch to embrace the promise of God. Go ahead. <laughs> you can't do it. He did that. Imagine this thing weighing a ton. You know. You can't embrace the promises of God without escaping the corruption of the world by lust. Now, the other interesting thing about this passage of Scripture, oh, let me, if you would, turn your Bibles with me to the second Corinthians chapter 6. See, everything that God does to enable us to participate in His nature will always begin with one of two things. Either the knowledge of God or the promises of God. By the way, do you remember last week what I said a promise? The Greek word for promise literally means? What's the comparative of here it is now? What's the, what is a promise? What is the what is a, what is the well, let me just say it. What does a Greek word for promise mean? It means the summons upon. What is the picture that we use today of that word? A check. You, a check summons upon a bank account. A promise of God summons upon His bank account. For as many as God's promises in Him, they are yes. And amen. The amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Promises of God. But I've got to receive this promise. I've got to say, okay, all right, I'm turning from that wall, and I want that promise. I'm going I'm to cash that check. But I'm going to tell you what, sometimes that distance between there and there can be a long way. And it can be a long way, maybe in. It could be seem like it's eternity in time. I've heard you know I've guys say this one time. And God is never late, but He always He'll, he'll miss a lot of opportunities to be early. <laughs> you know, and it's so true in Paul and I's life. You know, but He's there. That promise you have need of endurance for after you've received the, you know, after you've uh, after you have need of endurance for after received. Oh, sorry. Acts chapter, Hebrews chapter 10. Never mind, you're not there. Where did I say go? Second Corinthians. So it's going to come through the promise. Now watch this. It's a crazy principle. 
going to participate in divine nature, and there's these three steps, one, two, three. And really, there's a fourth one, but it's, we're going to focus on the three. In the Second Corinthians, it, it mirrors Peter's writing. Paul's writing here mirrors Peter's writing. Watch the Second Corinthians chapter 6. What did I say? Chapter 6, verse 6, 14. We'll start at 14. Hey, no, let's start at 12. Let's go back to Genesis 1-1. Watch this in 6-12. You're not restrained by us, but you're restrained by your own affections. That'll tell you what's going on. Watch this. Skip down to verse 14. Do not be unbound with unbelievers. What partnership uh, have righteousness with lawlessness? What fellowship has light with darkness? It says, what harmony is Christ with the loud believer in common with an unbeliever? World with heaven, can say. It doesn't say it anymore. Spirit with flesh, or lies with truth. You know, you could add those kind of things to truth. Watch this. And he goes on and says, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God has said. I will dwell in them. I will walk among them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now I'll ask you a question as I'm reading this. What are these? Remember I said all the Word of God is broken down in two categories. What are the two categories? Knowledge of God, promises of God. All the Word of God is broken down in two categories. Knowledge of God, who God is and who He says we are, and promises of God. That's in 2 Peter 1, and 1 2, and 3, and 4. But watch this. And what are these? What is this? Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons, be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord. What are those? They're promises. Watch it, verse chapter 7, verse 1. There's no verse divisions and chapter divisions in Scripture. Watch this. Therefore, having these, what? Promises. Beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from defilement of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of the Lord. You want to receive the promises of God in relationship? I'll be a God to you, and you'll be my people. I'll be in you. I'll walk among you. I'll receive you. you got to, there's something we got to do. And I, I'm using that term do, and don't hear it as a performance thing, but it is something here that's relevant. It's a choice that you got to make. Are, you going, are we going to live to the world, or are we going to live to the Spirit? Y'all... In our society today, in churches today, we're trying to do a feel-good gospel. We're trying to communicate. You can do whatever you want. You want to believe whatever you want, and you're going to be okay. Well, it says, the Spirit explicitly says, in the latter times, some will fall away from the faith. Why? Because we've chosen to believe something that is not true. So the content of our faith is going to determine what we embrace. And the first step in this, y'all, is escape the corruption that is in the world by lust. Because you cannot hold to that wall and this wall at the same time. And what it says, going back with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. Let me close this thing out. It says in 2 Peter 1. 
Watch this. Remember, there's no verse divisions or chapter divisions. And y'all, if you don't understand what I'm saying, please ask questions. Okay? Watch this. It says that, verse 4, I'm going to read it and get it run and start. For by these he's granted us his precious and magnificent promises in order that by them you might participate or partake of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now watch this next passage. Now for this very reason, watch this. What's the this very reason? You know what it's pointing to? It, it points to this, but no. It points to this. This. For this reason. The corruption that is in the world. This reason. Literally it says in this, diligently apply in your faith or supply in your faith these seven qualities. Diligently supply in your faith. What? The oil and the gas or the provisions of God. Look at this. I mean, how about faith? Faith's a gift. That just begins off a gift. You've got it. Use it. Uh, let me curious question. What's one of the main ways to use your faith? What's one of the main ways you can use your faith? In the Word of God. Tell me, what's one of the main ways you can use your faith? To receive promises. But when? Count it all joy when you counter various trials, knowing that the testing, proving of your Faith? I mean, you want to use your faith? That's a gift from God. Use it. Look for trials. Help some happen. (laughs) No, that's not cool. but, (laughs) But they'll come. Use it. And it goes on. I mean, you've got to find faith. Supply excellence. Moral excellence. Yeah. God's granted us. Guess what He's called you to? What did He call you to? In verse 3. He called you to His excellence. He's already given it to you. Get this. And self-control. By the way, what is self-control? You know what it is? Galatians 5.23. You know what it is? It's fruit of the Spirit. You have to generate up. I've got to generate self-control. I've got to generate up. All you need to be is in the Spirit. It's already given to you. It's the oil that it's the, uh, the credit card that I've I've given to Ryan, uh, that I was pretending to give to Ryan. <laughs> to say, okay, use it. How about, how about godliness? Well, notice what it says. He's given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. I mean, I go all the way down the line there. And notice love, brotherly love. Brotherly love and agape love. That's a what? Through the Spirit. What God's saying is, is this. For us to take our faith and 
take the things that he's given us now put them in your face. The question has to do with the, the fact that these oh, can things... Can you hold that question? Yes. Let me finish this. You know that Greek word for supply there? It's interesting. Uh, it's at the same time as this. That's why I wrote, wrote, wrote this up here. It occurs the same time you do this. Get rid of one and start picking up those seven things into your faith. The timing of the verb is the same time. So these two events occur at the same time. It's like this. Stand up, Mitch. This, this, this involves everything, all those seven qualities, and so Mitch has got that. And so all Mitch does is, no, 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 give it here. Because Jesus does, he says, let me have that. And he gives us that. Let me take this and do what with it? Put it on the cross. And I'll take care of it for you. You'll never see it again. You can go dig it out if you want to. But it's, so. so anyway, I want you to make sure you pick that up. So, Peggy Brian, sorry. Okay, so you mentioned that um, self-control and brotherly kindness are fruits. And so we already have them, that's what you said. <laughs> have not, a capacity for them, yes. Ah, okay. That's a little different. Because mm-hmm. what I was thinking is gifts are given to you. you. You can have that. But fruits are developed and grown. Well, the interesting thing about this one is through the Spirit. What determines whether I walk in the Spirit of the flesh? Where I set my mind. So do I have the capacity? You know, those according to the flesh have set their minds on the things of flesh. Those are on the Spirit, things of Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, whichever one I just did, this way is love, joy, peace, faith. The deeds of the flesh are evident. Paula can tell whether I'm started the day off. Oh, no, you're not Paula. Well, Mitch can tell whether I'm, Mitch and Paula can tell whether whether I'm in the flesh or the Spirit. I was supposed to do something this week. Mitch, take that. Back there. At Memphis this last week, uh, uh, there was a situation I had to confront. I was fired up about this situation because somebody, people I cared about, were getting hurt. That's one thing people mess with me. That's another thing to mess with other people and mess up with people's faith. I was fired up. And the, the brothers in the elders meeting were trying to lovingly encouraged me and and I just said to him, don't say another word. I'll deal with it. You know, I'm going like... <laughs> and so I, I didn't confront the person yet. Just waiting myself to get through some mess. Just didn't say, all right, let me get focused. Then we will deal with it. So, in love. Because so. I had to get out of the spirit out of the flesh, into the spirit. Let's give me some time. Yes, ma'am. Do I have to use the microphone? Yeah, yeah, so it comes it record. You're forever be heard. Okay, well, I just want to testify, I can hardly keep it in my spirit, that I have evidence of what you're talking about. 
I've been a Christian since I was 14 years old, and I've tried to pick up self-control and pick up this brotherly love, which you can't have anything you don't have in your own heart. And I found just in recent times, within the past year or two, and my sister can testify to this, miraculous transformation of that, and it's connected to complete powerlessness. Going before God and saying, I have no self-control. That was a big issue for me. I have absolutely no self-control. And I would feel bad as a Christian thinking I was less than because I didn't have it. And what God showed me was, admit your powerlessness before me. Die to this thing and say, I'm powerless over this. I'm dead. Unless you come save me, I'm going to keep giving in to this sin. And when I turned over to him and just said, I want you more than this thing. Mm but I crave this more than you. Um, He came in. He came in and he took control and he he was the self-control. He's the substance of everything you're saying there, but he's the substance of it. And that's that divine nature because he's the substance of it. We get to see his divine nature coming out of us that didn't come from me. His divine nature expressing itself which from that then increases my faith because now I'm like, oh, my gosh, I couldn't do that. You did that. And then it increases our faith because he's a substance of all that. But it's the turning away, the repentance you're talking about, turning away and saying, I don't want this thing. I don't have the power to refuse this thing, but I don't want it. I want you. Please, please come. And it's an intimacy between you and the Lord and always talking to him. And I think in the middle of our sin, we want to talk to him less. We want to run from him. Be saying, please come talk to me. Come talk to me. I love you and I accept you. And I will change this. And sorry. Oh, that, no, 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 no. Good preaching. No, that's good. That's good. No, don't you worry. That's good preaching. And hear what you were saying, too. I want you to pick something that's very, very important. Because if, like, this is her old self. And the temptation is you're going to look at that wall and you say, I will not do this. I will not do this. I will not. I will exercise self-control. I will not do that wall. Well, you look at that wall long enough, what are you going to do? That wall. Oh, I want you, Jesus. And that's what she's saying. I want you. And, and you know, there's sometimes it's a long way in between. Like I said, you remember, it's a promise. And you receive promises by what? Faith. And faith is assurance of things hoped for. Evidence of things of what? You ain't going to see it at the beginning. But it comes. If you've been to the encounters, you know the swivel principle. And that's what we're saying here. If you have to, you have a choice to swivel to the flesh or to that wall. That's good. One thing I want to add into this, if you will grant me this. In Dwelling Place, we have four levels of ministry that we go to. Let's say this. Um, for, for Just pull out an ugly one in my life. And I don't think my kids are in here. But pornography used to be a major issue in my life. Like I told you, and it was it was not a cool thing in my life. Beginning in my life at like eight or nine years old, where my neighbor's parents were into wife swapping parties, and the things they would use in our wife swapping parties were these old Super Eight hardcore 
pornographic movies. And so that's how I began in this. And, uh, and so, but what God did is, that's, you know, for 30-some years, I don't, you know, I don't know, 37, I don't know how many years it is now. But, you know, that's a dead issue for me. But for a long time, I would look at that wall. I've got to stop that. I've got to stop that. I've got to stop that. i stop that. But, I, but what happened is, just to summarize, embracing and allowing the promises come into my life, I applied these seven things in the three different levels and ways in my life. You can, some of them are present in my life. But renewing the mind. Just discovering the truth of who I am. But y'all, sometimes the issue in my life is a flesh pattern. However you spell it. Or it, there's been times in my life that strongholds would be manifesting, blocking you off from God's presence, provisions, or truth. Because sometimes there's a demonic spirit enhancing this, demon, this stronghold. And so I don't want you to create something just real uh, light here on this, but it has to do with, all this has to do with the ability to grab these promises. Now, Here's how I think about it. Football, baseball. Okay. For this illustration, imagine a football is in this hand. Well, this hand. Let's put it in this hand. It's in this hand. And it's the world. But I want to catch a Nolan Ryan. Oh, God, how old I am. It's not relevant anymore. Yeah. Nolan Ryan fastball. Okay. I want to play catch with Nolan Ryan. He was one of my heroes a long time ago. I pitched in college. Had a chance to get drafted. But anyway, so, uh, so anyway, I want to catch, but I'm holding on to a football. But I can't catch a Nolan Ryan fastball with a football. So I get rid of the football. Now I want to catch a Nolan Ryan fastball? I need a what? So then I can catch a Nolan Ryan fastball. This, these are the catcher's myth of catching the promises of God, embracing the promises of God. So what we want to do is take a step in understanding the oil of excellence. How to apply this in my life. Where does it go in my life? What is it? I mean, probably the revelation is reality is there's probably not many of us in this room understand this principle. I don't know that I, could, I do. I mean, I mean, like something stupid. Okay, can I brag on my wife? You know, sometimes us guys can just get fleshy. And uh, Mitch is going to come here. This is I share this illustration. Mitch, come on up. Get ready for this. If we were walking through. You know, I've been this this last week. Been working a lot. I just you get tired and just working outside and stuff and just, just constantly stay in that state of just being messed up. So we go to Walmart. No, we went to Lowe's. And I had something in my teeth. It was just bugging the stew out of me. Bugging me. And so I grabbed the straw. And so we get out at Lowe's and I got the straw in my mouth. I wasn't paying attention. I'm just trying to get stuff out of my mouth. So I'm walking around in, in Lowe's with this straw hanging out of my mouth. 
And my wife looks at me and goes, Rick, I can't remember the words. Lose the straw. Lose the straw, Rick. Here I am. Okeechobee Rick. <laughs> that is wife. It was calling me out. And the excellence. She was. In my faith. But excellence. What's excellent? So, Mitch. I just said that thing. Um, I think in closing today, we, we were just talking about what we were going to do. Um, one of the things we like to do is do communion corporately. It's a good way to partake of the divine nature of God is just to participate in communion, I believe. Uh, definitely adding all these in. and You know, I just I think about, um, you know, just... So I'm going to get the guys. Guys, go, go and go ahead and start... Uh, Passing those out. If you just take a bread and a and a, a cup as well, and just begin to pass those out. Um, you know, I think in a lot of ways we've been uh, uh, fooled. I don't want to say duped. We've been duped into believing that really. This life is about getting saved and then being a good Christian, like being a good person, Christian, the rest of our life. I mean, just kind of, you know, I think I think the the religious, the church in general has we just believed in it. We bought into that because I said for most of us, if you know, before maybe you started hearing this teaching, you know, am I really can I really participate in the divine nature of who God is? Some of us would maybe religiously say, well, yeah, I don't really know what that means. But I think a lot of us would say, I don't think so. I mean, I really believe. I mean, that's God's deal, you know, to be God. But I think God wants to be God in us. God wants to be God through us. God wants to walk supernaturally, like beyond what we think or ask. And I do, I meant to say, you know, if you don't feel called at this this day and time, don't don't feel pressure to do communion. Um, you know, some 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 people in relationship to this issue of salvation. Some people, it's like I just I, I feel like I just need to skip this today. So don't feel, don't feel like you have to take communion. But if you want to participate, we always will welcome that. Um, but I think the Lord was just is just saying, you know, no, this wall is what we're really called to. Like that, to participate in His divine nature is, oops, sorry, is what we have been called to. And so, you know, I just encourage you. I think that's even the reality of why we're taking communion. You know, is the fact that God created us in a, in a or what He did on the cross created in us a, a, the ability to be worthy to take communion. It's not about our worthiness and our own. <laughs> Just like our sister was saying, it's not in it's not in us. It's what God puts in us that's there. But it's not I don't have self control outside of God. I don't have those any of that nature outside of God. I don't love people outside of like I love people outside of God. There's just no way. And so I just encourage you in that so I'm just gonna read out of um 
Because it's interesting that you know there's this there's this story in John. I can't think and turn at the same time. I'm not a good do two things at once person. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had a great time yesterday, but my legs are so bad this morning. I'm serious. I couldn't. I could not pick up my leg to put it in my pants. I had to like sit down to. Do, I had to get like all the way down here to get it on. I'm like, wow. Thirty thirty innings is feeling really good this morning. How many? How many of you guys felt that way this morning? Yeah, it was awesome. I had thirty. It was probably over thirty guys and gals that got to play yesterday, and just. It was just such a blessing. It all came down to one point too. It was pretty close. It was a really close game. So um, I got one. Thanks. Appreciate the thing. But uh, what am I thinking of? Here we are. Um, but it's interesting, you know, because Jesus in John six t- tells him, you know, you're going to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You know, and of course, at that time, Jesus hadn't died. So, it, you know, all this stuff that we're doing communion-wise probably didn't make sense to them in relationship to that. But they're like, wow. You know, but it was a call, you know, you're going to partake of me. Like, that's, you're going to drink my blood. You're going to eat my flesh. You're going to partake of who I am. And it's interesting. It says, many, therefore, of his disciples, when they heard this statement, this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? I mean, it is a call. It's like, man, it's a, it's kind of like all in. You know, I want to be all in. You know, game on. You know, we've talked about that. Um, but, you know, as a result, in verse 66, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. I mean, it was just too, it was just too hard. And like, I really want that wall. And that's a hard. I'm, but I just believe, and for everyone in this place, that wall is not worth it. That wall is not what we're called to. I believe everybody in this place, and I just encourage you, you got to receive it. You're called for this wall, and you can get there. So your sister was saying, it's like, you know, it wasn't anything of hurt. It was all about him. But I have to turn to that side and, start and begin to believe that. But it's interesting, Simon, Jesus says, turns to the 12, and he says, you don't want to go away, do you? Also, do you, do you, know, you don't want to also go away? He said, uh. Simon Peter got this one right. Sometimes he didn't, but he said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. There's nowhere else. That wall is it. So I just want to, that's in reference to that, I, just, I want to take communion. And uh, so even, uh, just reading these scriptures that we normally read, but, you know, for I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus in the night which he betrayed took the bread. So let's just take a bre- the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. It's for you. It is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So, Lord, we just take the bread just in reference to your body. Thank you. And we just take it in Jesus' name. So, Lord, thank you for your body. Thank you for the brokenness on the cross that you took on our behalf so that there might be healing, there might be restoration, there might be freedom in that. And so, Lord, thank you that what you did on the cross.
cross. And so we also thank thank you as a, in the same way he took the cup. And it says, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. The new covenant. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. So let's just take the cup. So, Lord, thank you that, God, you, even in the, the blood that we is represented here, I just pray in Jesus' name that, God, we just receive that, receive what you did on the cross and uh, in relationship to the, the, not only the breaking of your body, but the blood that, that poured out for us, or for the forgiveness of our sin, Lord. And so, Lord, we receive that. And we just ask in Jesus' name that, God, that as we take communion together as a body, God, Lord, there's, there's places in reference to just, Lord, you bring about healing restoration, God. It, it brings about a communion in, in us to you and in us to, to one another as a body. So, Lord, we, we are thankful for that. So, Lord, we honor you for it in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So it's not one of those words. I guess we're going to have necessarily a great you know, altar call. I think it's a place that if you want prayer, I think in reference to that, that I just need empowerment to lay. I, I, just, need, I just need the empowerment to escape the corruption. Like if you just need help with, you need somebody to help you and say, here, <laughs> help me, give, help me uh, pray that I can give this to the Lord that I can lay that down, and that I can also begin to pick this up, yeah, to pick up the glory of God in these seven characteristics. We'll, we'll be here to pray for you. Um, I just encourage you as you go also that, that what starts this week, you know, another good way to continue to increase in these seven characteristics is come and be a part of the body, and there's five different classes that are going on. Uh, to, you know what Rick was talking about renewing the mind of flesh patterns is there a women's study heart of the matter worship and intercession is going to be going on and first things first I just encourage you to be a part of that as well because I think that empowers us not only to be with one another but also increases us in the knowledge of who God is in that so so Lord I thank you for this morning I thank you that you would just continue to impart life impart life uh, into this body, impart us and our ability to walk in these things, these seven characteristics, these things that are ours and are increasing, we're going to believe that that we're not going to be uh, rendered useless or, or fruitless in the, in the knowledge of you and in walking in you uh, in our lives. And, and Father, that we're going to be in a place that we just don't stumble. God, Lord, let that be a place, God, that we don't stumble in our relationships with you, our relationship with one, our relationship with you, and relationships with one another, we don't just we don't stumble over the obstacles of this life because we, we're seeing them, God. In faith, God, we're we're overcoming them, we're stepping over them, God, and that we're going to reach this. This wall is for us, God. The divine nature of who you are is for us today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Here, Rick's going. Love y'all. Bye bye.